I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST.
Okay, you're tuned into 199 Radio and now listen to my favourite labels with me, Gareth Main. Every episode, I am joined by someone from a label that I love, that I find exciting and interesting. And this week, I'm joined by Miles from Bocca Versions. The ext- Whenever I describe Bocca Versions to anyone, I always describe it as a um, the most forward-thinking dub label on earth. How does that make you feel? Uh, Yeah. I like that you're saying that to people. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably better than what I say when I introduce it. I just say I'm doing music stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the proper humble yeah, yeah. humility well, of it. Depends what what the context is. Family events, that's what I go for. Oh, yeah. right. Okay. It's like when, when grandma asks. Like, well, I, I give them a way out if they don't want to talk about it by being vague. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe you're uh, missing a trick at one of those family bonding sessions of like mm. being really into you know boundary pushing dub music (laughs) there could be someone else in my extended family who's also really into that and it just ships in the wind yeah (laughs) um so we opened up with seekers international and what was the name of the track that we started Uh, with trust in digital which was which was the first release (laughs) yes uh a side of the first release we did of the seven inch which is quite a weird first release but well, that's I, how it turned out. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to describe things as weird as a huge <laughs> amount on the label, I would say that makes a huge amount of sense in terms of, you know, it's all, it all has, a, one of the things I love about the label is like everything you release has something odd, new and interesting about it. Yeah, I think, I don't know, a lot of it is not what you would call dub, but for me that like, I don't know, the mindset that I see in like original 70s dub is there in it not necessarily musically but you know there is some humor or there's some like wackiness to it and that's i guess something that i found missing in a lot of new electronic like experimental dub like it just wasn't fun and you know you've got i don't know scratch and people like that you know just grabbing whatever they can and recording you know like chickens in the recording booth or getting someone's motorbike in and you know miking that up and it was very experimental but it wasn't too serious so i hope that comes across (laughs) It does to me. Uh, what are we going to play first? Um, so this is a track that I was probably listening to when I was like 14, 15, 16, and I didn't really uh, clock how important it would be. So this is, I used to be into a lot of like dream pop and shoegaze and stuff. Um, so this is by A.R. Kane, who are like a British, like early art rock, like shoegaze band. And yeah, they also have loads of weird double influences as well. So sort of, yeah, some weird dream pop, dub-influenced stuff, which, yeah, coming back to now kind of blows my mind. Cool. This is called Is This Dub? Thank <laughs> you. 
sounds of A.R. Kane is this dub formative years we're talking about, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, I was listening to a lot of crap back then, so <laughs> probably much worse stuff than this was more important to me, like Motley Crue. So A.R. <laughs> Kane's not a band that I know at all. Okay. So you were saying Shoegazy, obviously that record, that track that we just heard, not Shoegazy in the slightest. No, not at all. That's probably their most direct dub tune. They've got a lot of stuff where, you know, it'll just be like big kind of 90s bass lines, like very dubby with like weird uh, kind of sound effects. So that uh, it sounds totally different, but all the same ideas are still there as dub, which, yeah, you could say. <laughs> it's quite interesting, is it? Cause like how you, you personally, you obviously weren't listening to dub music when you were younger and this is the sort of, you know, the gateway to it in a way is, you know, you listen to someone else who then has dub influences that then they go down a path with a few tracks and what is it then? You just explore that world a bit more or? I would say probably actually Shoegaze and Dub I got into around the same time when I was yeah. like 15, 16. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, so I guess I got into Dub when I was listening to, starting listening to loads of experimental music, you know, I'd, I'd listen to like classic punk and stuff and you move on from that to weirder sounds and that's when I got into Dub. So that's kind of what I associate it with is like other experimental music. Um, yeah, and obviously it is in its own way very experimental as well. So that's always what it meant to me. Well, yeah, that's how it came came to pass <clears> in the first place, wasn't it? Was sort of someone messing around on a well, was on a mixing desk or something like that. Is that the story? Yeah, definitely. So you know, there's loads of stuff like that, like mixing desk type music, like a lot of kraut rock, like Connie Plank, and uh, even like sort of library music as well. You know, it's it's people kind of sitting in studios with these machines. So they all have this weird thing in common um which is uh, you know i guess why i was drawn to dub yeah <laughs> well d library music is uh, a personal favorite of mine in terms of um the john baker there's a great trunk records did a thing with john baker compilation it was a few years ago and there was a track in there where he was d uh, composing the woman's hour theme and the woman's hour theme was essentially composed by him dropping uh, filling up a s empty cider bottle with water recording a drop of out of the cider bottle and then speeding up and slowing down the tape and cutting it up into diff into a tune to then create this remarkable like uh, i don't even know how uh, how to describe it but this sort of remarkably bouncy pop mm. tune out of it, it almost just, sounds like grime a lot of that it's like backward water noises yeah it's, it's like some grime or something yeah, it's, <laughs> it's incredible that's where the real interesting stuff comes and you know dub is obviously one of those areas that is pure experimental music really yeah definitely in library a lot of i don't know so seekers they're really into raymond scott and library library stuff um yeah so they sort of for them that link is quite important as well and there is a lot of kind of seekers related stuff that you know there is actually some seekers library music which we might be releasing soon at, at some point that's been floating around for a while but yeah no so for them that that kind of link's quite important as well yeah, so what else were you listening to like when you were younger when you were what else was like the formative sort of music for you like outside of dub uh yeah just everything really but i've got um yeah i've got some dj rupture that i wanted to play and again if i'd known i was gonna start a label this probably would have been more important to me so what i'm doing now is going back and listening to a lot of this stuff that i don't know might have had an influence but dj rupture was not this album necessarily, but was quite important. Um, yeah, just again, like the way he approached 
sounds and kind of collaging music as well but again he's like very upfront and often quite humorous so yeah. it's not kind of dj spooky gets quite academic and dj rupture does sometimes as well but you know when it when it hits it really hits so oh, there's always an element of humor with dj rupture it wasn't um wasn't special gunpowder the album that had the watermelons on the cover of it yeah yeah i haven't that made that one. up yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure that i'm sure i've got that right yeah, yeah. cool um so we're gonna play a track from that yeah okay. yeah cool this is called flop Wee. Every night I am yet. I'm gonna listen to the cut 
a while a South a straight bout slap with them nearly But them can't fly down like the cherry With them claw, you know them mind just so conquer Take me down soft, scripture from me Bible Might affect you I don't remember a huge amount about that record, but it's proper, <laughs> proper odd. This sort of like hardcore, slightly jungle, little bit at the end. Yeah, yeah. There, that last, that last couple of minutes of it. Yeah, that's what I love him. <laughs> yeah, is it's sort of there's so much stuff going on, even across that album or a lot of his albums. You know, there's a lot of like break beats. There's a lot of break core. Actually, they sound very similar. But <laughs> well, there's a, oh, there's a lot of dub. There's a lot of um, like soca. Yeah, some weird spoken word stuff. Like, yeah, it was definitely crazy. of the time, wasn't it? As well. Yeah, it's very actually. It was probably two thousands, wasn't it? It feels very nineties. Yeah, I think yeah. It, it must have been early two thousands because it was the same. Because I remember when I was listening to it, it was along the same lines as I was listening to a lot of break core and break beat <laughs> and stuff like that. The sort of shit Matt and Venetian snares and yeah. people like and the people of that ilk and the there's the whole drop beats not bombs sort of thing that was quite big and that was around the iraq war the second iraq <laughs> war it was all yeah all it's all coming bringing back to it me all now. back it really is iraq I mean, war fuck i couldn't really remember much of the mornings after uh, the much the morning after those sorts of nights but you know i, uh, <laughs> I seem to remember it now nice. or have maybe i just have a uh, romanticized version of the iraq war well not of the iraq <laughs> uh, the iraq war <laughs> that's not somewhere we're going to not a not a path we're going to walk down but uh, certainly no romance stuff prepared for that so <laughs> that's it that's uh that's our show good night <laughs> <laughs> cut all the uh iraq war related music but um one of the first people i heard on bok in fact i think it was the first one i heard was jay glass dubs and uh, demetrius dimitri yeah this a common theme is me mispronouncing <laughs> names so i'm sure he won't take offense it's okay. nice that it's nice that the label is here to correct me uh, but yeah, from Greece. Does he live over here now? No, uh, he's still in Athens. Still in Athens. Yeah, he's. I've tempted him to come over to Bristol, but I don't think he will yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> and just incredibly prolific as well, isn't he? So, um, he's done yeah. A for you done one for Blackest Ever Black? Is uh, that right? Yeah, and that's sort of the yeah the stuff that's been released. We're sitting on a lot of J Gloss dub stuff. I think him and Seekers. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Obviously, I'm. I'm got the inside view on how they work but yeah they the stuff they've been making in the last six months has been absolutely insane and they just churn it out as well yeah. um so yeah they're pretty inspiring to be close to in that way yeah they're all like quite varied as well as well in terms of their output changes yeah totally so seekers obviously being a, a crazy example of that you know doing that jungle record and yeah didn't they I, do some sort of weird western inspired thing fairly recently yes yeah, so that'll that'll that would be the sort of uh, touch point for them, you know, being really interested into like library soundtracks and stuff. So that's yeah. that's like really where that came across. But yeah, they, you know, we've got some jungle stuff coming out, uh, some dancehall stuff, probably some grime stuff. Yeah, well, we're trying to find some grime stuff to do. And yeah, what else is he doing? He's doing some R and B as well. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> like just some like. Oh. This is coming through Bocca as well. No, not all of it actually. Okay, so, yeah. so, maybe said too much, but yeah, it's just yeah. I think that's what is interesting is taking like dub sensibilities and applying it to all these all these other areas that it's not normally applied to. Because yeah, it's that's a big part. I don't know, either through them or or 
I definitely had similar feelings and that's why I connected with Seekers music. But, you know, that's something that I would like to see, you know, the sort of dub sensibilities applied to, um, you know, like loads of cumbia, uh, kind of South, like South American um, dub is for me like some of the more interesting stuff that you hear because it's just, yeah, local variants of various different musics combined with dub. And I do think it has that power to combine with, yeah, almost anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> well, don't know what the question was. Well, no, no, no. Well, I don't think I even asked one. I think we just like <laughs> started uh, started talking. But they um, cumbia is real South American music, as you say, applies itself very well to sort of remixing, and you see a lot of sort of. Uh, there's a Future Sounds of Buenos Aires compilation yep. that leaps to mind from a few years back, and the bir- uh, the Guide to the Bird Song of South America came out a couple of years ago on a Dutch label, Rhythm and Roots, maybe. But that is, uh, there's a lot of sort of dubby electronics on both of those, and it was you know even one that was essentially remixing bird songs. You know, it's yeah, really a fascinating. Might have to pick that up. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's fairly hard to come across now, All but right. you know, send def- it, send it me afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, <laughs> it. Um, so one of the things I'm really interested in, uh, as you know, as a fairly young label, is what about two years now? Yeah, since first release. Se- second birthday is in December. Yeah, so, so it's yeah. so first. Uh, so fairly young. It's one of the things that really. You're obviously someone who's into more music than just dub, right? Yeah. And so one of the things that really interested, interests me is how much of the label is about a certain sound or how much is it about a certain identity for a label? You know, you get, I think, a, a fairly interesting example of this is Black Acre, who, you know, came out as a you know a dubstep label and have sort of pivoted a little into other forms of bass music. How much... Uh, Bocker is, you know, it is a pure dub label, or how much might it sort of go into other directions? Um, it will almost definitely go into many other directions. But yeah, I think weirdly next year, uh, yeah, next year there will be some very strange stuff that we've not released before, but also probably more explicitly dubby stuff. Um, so yeah, next year we're actually doing, uh, yeah, go on, uh, like a lot of. There'll be some re. There'll definitely be more reissues and also some work with <clears throat> uh, '90s kind of dub people. Who the '90s is quite, you know, for me, like a big time for dub, and it's it's the stuff that's not very well known. So, um, and for me, has the biggest influence on a lot of other music that I really love in the UK. So, you know, all sound system culture music, so jungle, dubstep, grime. I think '90s dub like Stepper Style like Shaka and that has a huge influence on all of that and it's definitely underplayed and this stuff is really underappreciated so hopefully we will be doing something about that next year yeah how um I mean, but it's important to sort of keep it in the same family of music almost yeah I don't ever think I mean even something like the I don't know we'll probably chat about it later but you know there's so many of the releases that are not strictly dubbed but they will all have that mindset and yeah. I won't for me, there's things that sound dubby about all of them, and that makes sense to me, and it's cool that some other people seems to have picked up on it, but yeah, that's, I guess that will never change. Yeah. So I will never, I mean, I'll never release House or Techno, to be honest. It's, yeah, I'll never do that. Um, that's 
yeah I just, i'm looking forward to the disco record in like five <laughs> years time yeah. i don't think we'd ever do any disco uh we're definitely looking at doing some grime there's definitely gonna be some dance halls so yeah i guess they're not too different definitely more ambient stuff some more club tunes yeah, it's yeah, quite so interesting not- yeah, it's quite interesting if you sort of tie it around the sound system and sort of the controllers and stuff like that, right? Yeah. It's all sort of related. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if you don't want to release House or Techno, that's, yeah, that's probably most, not most of the other stuff. Obviously, there's loads of music. <laughs> but that's it, there's just a dub house <laughs> techno. It's the obvious, well, out of, out of the stuff I like. Yeah, we'll definitely do some sort of post-punk stuff as well. Um, so I guess that's slightly unrelated. But yeah. again, that just fuses really well with dub. We'll definitely do some cumbia. I've tried. I had. I want to do a release in every, not every country, every every country, every continent, every e- continent will work. Yeah, apart from the, the cold ones, yeah. Um, yeah. So a release in every continent would be very cool. So again, trying to explore how uh, dub fuses with maybe like more kind of local music. So I would love to do. Have been looking at doing some stuff in South America or with South American artists. Hmm. Um, yeah. So. One of the things I love about, uh, I always struggle with how to describe it, but I always sort of call it uh, Jamaican-influenced music, you know, so you've got your dance halls and your dubs and, you know, your reggaes and things like that. It's how it's amongst the most ubiquitous music that's sort of gone into every corner of the world. You know, a lot of genres do cross uh, do cross countries and stuff, but you will find incredible dance hall wherever you go in the world. I think even in Russia, might be the <laughs> only one I'm struggling to think of someone off the top. In fact, no, got it. Tenor Yutman, I uh, believe, is from Russia and an amazing MC as well. So, yeah, you know, Bonifly. Yeah, Bonifly, I think, is from Nottingham. <laughs> I think is <laughs> Bonifly, but he did. Okay. Uh, I think, but they those two guys. I've got together. Russian. I've got Russian vibes. Yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, so there's lots of you know, it's really fascinating then to hear you talk about going out to every different continent and sort of trying to pick something there and work with people in those areas of the world, presumably for more than just getting your air miles up, right? Oh, no, yeah, totally. I just think, I don't know, yeah. There's a lot of stuff to be explored and it's almost just for me as someone who has, I don't know, grew up with quite a disconnected way of approaching music, which was just sitting in my room, chatting to people on Last FM, Mm. you know, I have no issue being poor as hell and just being able to like bum around various countries finding music that seems to me to be yeah not a (laughs) bad way to live right yeah so yeah that would be I mean Japan we've done a lot of stuff with um and it's been really cool going out there and picking up a couple of I don't know yeah just going out there and sort of following that thread but like in a physical space all around the country like just trying to follow all this music around and Mm -hmm. it would be cool to do that in other countries and yeah yeah, I think South America, yeah, the cumbia stuff, there's some very interesting things. I actually did have something to play, but I don't want to ruin, no, ruin could, the flow. No, no, I think that, that flows straight into cumbia if you want to put something on. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is, this is it. We, you know, for those of us say we've just got a big host of tracks yeah. in front of us, and so we could just play what we want when we want. So, yeah, this is by Panchasila. Uh, probably saying that wrong, but yeah, they're from Argentina. So, yeah, there's some pretty interesting sounds.
Differently, just to cover my bases. So, Panchasilo, <laughs> Panchasilia, actually. All right, so give us, yeah, give, give us all the variants, and then, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> then you'll definitely have got it right. Yeah. So they they've had one of they're kind of associated with this label called Pecapi, which I'm probably also saying. Yeah, Pecapi, I know um, uh, they are Argentinian, I think. Yeah. Played them on the Independent Music Podcast a few yeah. times. So they're great. I've got a lot of time for them. So there's a lot of kind of Argentinian psych and cumbia and yeah, I guess they also, a lot of it's kind of loosely dubby. So. Do they do, there's a Facebook group, I think, that's related, like New Weird America, something like that. New Weird uh, South America. Yeah. yeah, I think they, a lot of their stuff gets posted on there. So yeah. yeah, I think that was how I came across it in the first place. So yeah, it's, um, don't, I don't see much dub coming out of that part of the world. You go have a good, uh, you go have a, job on your hands to dig out the good stuff right yeah i mean they have um i know brazil has a very strong sound system culture um there's a collective called feminine hi-fi and they played recent well one of their mcs was um playing in bristol recently actually at like um peng sound yeah which is the night of the label so Peng Sound, yeah, kind of yeah wonderful wonderful bristol label and now it came out i saw this is linking all my shows together really but what came over to bristol a few years ago to one of their nights where they had stand high patrol playing it was me and anthony who's does the podcast with me who where we came over from london to uh to watch that night only for that night and then went home in the morning it was absolutely killer yeah they're, they're pretty i mean i don't know yeah, they're pretty important. So they they also run a store called Rewind Forward. It's yep. like similar people. I didn't know it was actually the same guys that ran the store that ran that label. Yeah, and also yeah, also No Corner and various other things. Hotline. So yeah, yep. those are probably yeah. Some of the Everyone on Rewind labels. Forward that isn't Bocker, right? Well, 
Yeah, you some news about that soon. So. All right, <laughs> is that stuff we can talk about on here? No, no. but um, <laughs> I just sort of, I've maybe worked there three times. I'm kind of meant to work there at Rewind Forward, but yeah. Is that a physical store? Or? It's just, um, no, just at the job lot. So okay. sometimes I just go in and randomly pack records. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and write reviews. But yeah, I'll just, yeah, they're very good people to hang around. But it must be quite a nice, I mean, being in Bristol, it's, it must be quite a nice scene. You've got those guys, you've got, you know, reggae and dub and that sort of like experimental bass music is, you know, it's at home here in Bristol, right? So that must be a pretty nice scene to be a part of. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's kind of, yeah, I moved back here six months ago and I've lived here for four years before and it's like, yeah, the only place that I feel at home. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Went to London for a bit and it was not enough. Yeah, I did it. I did it. I tried it out. Yeah, it bit me. I came back. But yeah. <laughs> no, it's good to be back and there's definitely a lot of really inspiring stuff going on. So I don't know. I had a tune later um, from Young Echo. So yeah, that's also loosely related to Rewind Forward stuff. And it's just nice to sort of trace all these connections, which is kind of harder to do in yeah london it's like harder to tell a story about what's going on because yeah. you know there's loads of stuff going on yeah there's just lots of pockets of people doing stuff that they really are into and it doesn't really come together as it rarely i mean nts might be one example really where it has sort of come together more as a community yeah um, totally and that that was the first thing i ever found in london like that and i definitely wouldn't have started the label if it wasn't for nts yeah, so i've got a lot to thank them for and i think a lot of their hosts will tell you the same thing. So yeah. it's like a really inspirational thing to be on. You know, we here on 199 Radio, it's a similar thing that we're trying to do. Like I was DJing on NTS when that first started and did a couple of shows there. And it's a very similar vibe up here as well. And it's, you know, it's just nice to try and, when you've got venues and nights and people and like-minded people, regardless of the fact that they're into completely different types of music, but just have a forward-thinking approach to it. It's a really nice thing to be a part of yeah definitely and there's somewhere in bristol called nudes shout out to my nudes gang <laughs> and they uh again it's basically like nts in bristol mm -hmm. and it's uh, been going for like two years maybe and yeah that's just in the attic of the pub i work at so yeah that's again just like nice to have all that stuff close at hand and sort of yeah it's but a very nice thing to be a part of a much smaller city than london as well yeah yeah, so easier to get around. <laughs> yeah, we just walk from the station in twenty minutes. Yeah, it's not too bad. Uh, I'm going to play a track. So the first record that I heard from Bocker was a, a Glacial Dancehall uh, from J Glass Dubs. Back at what number was that? Four, what? maybe. That's actually the second release. Number two, so yeah. that's an early adopter. <laughs> and you know, one of the things that really struck me about it was the press release so press releases <laughs> I, I read a lot of press releases right and there's a lot of awful press releases like complete nonsense nonsense that's written but the one of the thing one of the things that i loved i haven't got it in front of me which is exceptional planning on my behalf but one of the things i remember that really struck me was it, it, you had a this is something to listen to, like recommended if you like. And then you listed all these things. But one of the things on there was that, that spectre issue on Pan. <laughs> you know, as if anyone reading knew who Spectre was, what Pan was. Or any, I mean, Pan's a, you know, a sizable label. But, you know, it's, it, <laughs> it was just took me. It's just like, yeah, if you like that thing on that <laughs> label once you know so nondescript it was brilliant. i really like that the release so. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah and 
I love. I write all my own press releases. Do you? Yeah. That that surprises me. <laughs> But it was one of the things that I really that really made me take a shine to the label as well. It gave it that personality that you know, just a label churning out music might not necessarily have otherwise. But then a, a couple of months after that, Small but Hard Records, which is a Brighton record label run by a couple of people, including um, DJ Scott Chegg and uh, Simon Fowler, who's an excellent il- illustrator, they put out a Spectre record, like a new one, which was called The Last Shall Be First. So I thought I'll play a track from that because it's loosely related to my time enjoying Bokka versions. Uh, This is uh, from the album. It's called Dark Step 7. And still the phenomenon remains unexplained except for the reports that now come in of similar occurrences here in the United States and elsewhere. At 2 o'clock this afternoon, a dark cloud suddenly appeared over a street in Dallas, Texas. The mayor of West Berlin verified the fact that a rectangular area over the Berlin Wall has suddenly gone dark. In Budapest, European newspapermen passed over censorship an article about several square blocks, including a political prison, which was suddenly thrown into darkness early this morning. In Birmingham, Alabama, area in Shanghai, the entire northern section of Vietnam, the section of Chicago, Illinois. The darkness continues to make itself known.
Do you know why it's dark? Do you know why there's night all around us? Do you know what the blackness is? It's the hate. So much hate. Sounds a Spectre, Dark Step 7 is the name track taken from The Last Shall Be First. You're a Spectre fan, right? Yeah, I am. I haven't heard that album though, actually. It's definitely uh, one to get a hold of. Okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, no, I'm big into word sound and it'll be in general. Um, yeah, definitely, again, as like a sort of touch point of, you know, 2000s music that was doing these weird things with dub and, you know, a time that I feel like, yeah, it would be nice to recreate now. Like, I don't feel that there's maybe as solid a scene for something like that. So music, uh, people doing like really weird, there's loads of there's loads of wicked labels, but to have like a nice coherent thing, probably Bristol is the closest you got to it. But yeah, you know, like 90s, 2000s, New York, it'll be and stuff. Yeah. So like, yeah, Rupture, uh, DJ Spooky, and yeah, Spectre as well. But yeah, Word Sound, big fans. Yeah, so, so Spectre is, um, where, where's he from? Is he he's from around these parts, isn't he? Spectre. No, yeah. he's from New York. There you go. See, that's how little yeah. I know. <laughs> no, it's, it's like a big New York scene, little bin thing. Yeah, it's, um, and you were saying, like, whilst the track was playing about, like, an essay that you were reading and via Red Bull. Yeah, there's um, an oral history of Ilbin that's called on Red Bull, which is um, probably, like, well, the longest thing I could find about them. Not that I was searching, but I've never read, like, a big piece on them. But, yeah, just, um, yeah, loads of really interesting stuff about uh kind of pre you know gentrification williamsburg all these interesting art spaces and how you know similar to i guess like arthur russell and Bezinski and stuff you know there was this great uh kind of art scene based around that and how ilbium was linked to like a couple of those venues and you know kind of why it's died so there was a lot of interesting issues coming up about uh why having cheap and affordable and interesting art spaces is, is really important for music so there's a lot of stuff that hit home <laughs> yeah yeah for sure well you know those of us in london are well aware of sort of the pressure on those sorts of spaces and it's something when in the first of these shows did with the audacious art experiment is something they i think we're chatting about it on mic i can't remember if it was a conversation we had over a beer afterwards but there was definitely chat about how hard it was to get good like you know either rehearsal or performance space and you know yeah obviously house prices being what they are and you know the pressure that comes from that and you know one of the great things about new river studios where i usually am doing this show a 199 radio it's you know a rare space in pre in premium house uh, real estate space that's just been left to do what it does and you know with gigs and you know a bar and all those sorts of things and hopefully a good community and scene growing out of it 
Yeah, definitely. And even just having cheap space is more important for, I think, experimental music where you're allowed to take those risks. So, you know, some of the Ilbian stuff where, you know, their mates are doing like a, a sound installation and there's like sculpture and then there's like people doing Ilbian set with yeah. cut up tapes and, you know, a hundred televisions and stuff that, yeah, <laughs> you don't just have like three warehouses that you can rent out for nothing to do anymore. So, yeah, some interesting stuff cropped up. So for those who who don't really understand what Ilbient is, ah. shall we play something that, you know, hopefully <laughs> makes it a bit clearer? Yeah, so there was one uh, release I did with Aquadab and MCA, and they're from Japan. Uh, I'm not Gifu, and I think they're both from Gifu. Aquadab's from Gifu, uh, MCA's from somewhere else that I can't remember. But yeah, so sort of not... I don't know, not Tokyo, not Osaka, but near, near Osaka. Um, yeah, and I don't know, I thought about not doing this release for ages, but it did remind me of the kind of Ilbian stuff. So if you listen to a lot of um, uh, kind of Spectre and Sensational records, so Sensational is just an MC who basically will do any track. <laughs> they did one with Dead Fader, didn't they? Like yeah. A few years back. On, yeah. I mean, if you just see hear the stuff that he's rapping over it's, it's pretty insane so yeah it'll be an again i guess just like very very experimental hip-hop for people who don't know um yeah and there's a lot of dub influences in just uh yeah the space that they use and the beats so there was quite a lot of that you know just very dark very slow hip-hop so <clears throat> yeah there was one release i did that kind of reminded me of that and that's why it suddenly made sense releasing it it kind of clicked for me even though I was just like, this is Japanese hip hop. This is not what I release. So yeah, this isn't what the label's about. <laughs> so now this is what the label's about. Cool. Japanese hip hop. So this is Aquadab and the track. Yeah, the track is Four Dimensions, which is yeah. This one's actually a bit more dub techy, but yeah, it's just weird to hear someone rapping over it. ゲセによりつなぎ家に帰ると母に謹慎中くらい家でじっとしてなさいと叱られた。はと思ったが確かに登校中にも謹慎中じゃないの。だの聞かれていた。意味わかんなかったが一番意味わかんなかったのがあい
そういえば昨日科学の実験で死んだ根本祐介が点と点と面と立体と時間四次元は夢の中にあるこの話を思い出し頭の中は四次元四次元四次元と繰り返した時金髪美女が消え俺は光をさかのぼった科学室に向かう根本がいた美女が消えなんだかムカついていた俺は根本を殴ったすると今度は闇が僕をかき上げたああやっと口が利けて物が言える目が開いて物が見える五体満足で忌々しく素晴らしく愛おしく潤し脳のてっぺんに粒子が詰まった瞬間切れる前に息はしわの森巡り下り集中させたものを体内から体外へ引き出されたお物怒り悲しみ喜びラック愛は空気を振り次元へと吸い込まれた夢ってのは本当に不思議だどんな俺の意識なんだろう訳が分かるようで全く分からない時もあったり分かる時もあったりニコーンとしている俺を昨日は見たけど今日の俺は苦しそうだったその中の俺は小さな時から見つけてるものを見ていた工場の中はベルトコンベアが回っていて鬼が金棒を持ち人を働かせていつも目だけでその様を追っている俺はあたかも視覚がいかれていて物の感覚を捉えることができず膨らみ縮み上がっている様を恐ろ恐ろ受け入れているでもでもやっぱり怖くなった飛び入り参加の俺はどうにかここを脱出したくて昨日のことをよく思い出した俺は根本殴って禁止になってええ,えてか根本
タイミングはやっぱり片足突っ込んだ Sounds of Aquadab track is called Four Dimensions from all over there. Cassettes? Cassette yeah, that was a cassette. On Boca versions. Uh, tell me about Aquadab. Uh, from, from the land of the strangled birds. Yeah, so yeah, that was a weird fact about the city he lives in where they have these special fishermen. Um, and for some reason, I put that in the press release as well. The I think, special fishermen, I love yeah. that. I love the fact that. <laughs> so the story goes something along the lines of they fish by utilizing birds to catch fish and then they strangle the birds yeah i mean i don't know fish. how they catch the birds yeah so that's at length you can learn about that in the press release yes. <laughs> um <laughs> that's a 30 minute to read press release on yeah. the aquadab <laughs> but yeah um basically that was just because and one thing i love about working with japanese artists is they often just don't speak very good english and they have amazing music so i'm compelled to work with them but yeah um aquadab yeah, I knew very little about this release and I don't know much about them. So that's why the press release is full of that. But yeah, they're they're great. This That was actually recorded in 2006. Okay. Um, I have no idea why I found it on SoundCloud, but it was just like a thing I always listened to because it was the only way to get a hold of it. You know, it was like Japanese titles. It was yeah, just the thing I listened to. And then... How did you, did you just stumble upon it on SoundCloud? How, like, how do you... How does one even do that? <laughs> how does one stumble on SoundCloud? Yeah. Um I don't know. I did. I must have done a lot of stumbling back in the day. Um, certainly, I think when I st was starting the label, I tried to use that. I must have found a few things, but no idea. And then weirdly, um, a kind of good mate of mine, Kevin, who's best available technology, uh, he also weirdly knew about it. Um, so yeah, he was the one who actually str like strong armed me into releasing it because I was yeah. like. I can't do this. This is Japanese hip hop. This is not what I set out to do. <laughs> but as soon as I convinced myself it was slightly dubby, then we were all right. Yeah, you you man, got, managed I, to bring it into the family, right? Yeah, I was thinking head. about this interview. I was thinking like, what am I going <laughs> to say to Gareth when he asked me about that? Why I released this? So yeah, it was slightly dubby at some point. So yeah, that was there was definitely a relationship in there somewhere. <laughs> but uh, like, so why? So you talked about like what you were going around SoundCloud when you start the label. I mean, the killer question for all of these is why did you start the label in the first place? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd always done a lot of, I'm totally not musical myself. I can't play any instruments. I play the harmonica a bit. I would like to be better. Um, so like, yeah, to offset all that, I've always done loads of weird little music projects. Um, and from like putting on nights, I've always done a lot of radio and uh so why did i start the label <laughs> um i guess it's just a new one of those um and i used to run a record fair like a label fair in london um when i was doing these nights called saint john sessions and it was like associated with that and yeah i just never chatted to label people before that much would always be dealing with promoters and musicians and booking agents who yeah it can be very difficult to be honest a lot of the time and i was just chatting to these label people and they all had very measured um ideas of their role and i think of what they did so you know 
a lot of labels you respect and I think a lot of people were kind of very humble about it and yeah it just seemed like something I wanted to do <laughs> after that um, I just liked these people and I really respected what they did and I sort of wasn't getting much out of doing nights so yeah and I think to be honest I'd message Seekers and I've been in touch with them before because I'd written something for Sonic Router about them yeah. and maybe a couple of other places and um, we'd always stayed in touch and I just thought they, if I started label, you know, they would have to be the first release. And if they said no, they probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, they just, they were someone where I was always playing them to my mates. I was totally obsessed with them. Um, so like looking inside myself, the purest intentions to start a label for me would be to have someone whose music I wanted to support and yeah, unconditionally basically. So that finding that intention with them you know, they were probably the only people I would have done it with where I had that feeling. Um, if they'd have said no, would you just be like, well, that that was a nice idea while it lasted? Probably, yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think if, 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 if you know me, weirdly, I am like that. I've got a lot of weird little projects that never really happen. So I think a lot of my mates were quite surprised when something I was ch talking about actually happened. So. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I, I think we're kindred spirits, you and I. <laughs> I think we've both, both done that, that sort of thing. I think a lot of, you know, I'm, I have to talk about myself a little bit because that's what, <laughs> that's what this show's about, get a guest in and talk about myself. Like it's, I, I get that, like I don't play a musical instrument and, want, and loving music is how I wrote about music. I always joke that because I can't do something, I'll write about, I'll write about it and criticise other people who can do it. <laughs> instead <laughs> uh, they'd learn at a fairly young age that it was much nicer to try and support stuff that other people weren't into as opposed to cutting down things that people liked yeah i think i had the same realization i used to do a lot of music writing and yeah the doing i did a couple of like stinky reviews because oh yeah you'd asked to do it and then yeah there was some expectation that you finished it and then you heard the record and it was actually no good and you really liked them that's why you asked to do it and yeah, yeah it's just sort of stabbing your mate in the back except they don't know they're your mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like yeah, when um when I, you do things and you like you want to cover like small bands and then they're not very good so then you give bad review. it's like well, what's the point yeah so we're not slagging off journals here but yeah for me again stuff like that was not very like uh fulfilling and a sort of yeah you know events was actually really stressful um yeah because <laughs> yeah, running and a record label i imagine is like well, just a laugh a minute right i do have a lot of yeah, actually. <laughs> i actually do have a lot of fun um and i think that's probably why yeah there's a lot of weird stuff going on it's not i'm not making a statement about things i'm just having a laugh to yeah. amuse myself um yeah and that's for me the way it's going to last as long as it can as if it's just there's some humor in it there's a lot of variety and yeah i don't know <laughs> so yeah i do actually i find a lot more fulfilling just because you have something i don't know events was a lot of work and it's very last minute stressful yeah um and then yeah sometimes it's nice to give people something apart from memories to take away from something that you've put time into so it felt really good doing a record because you know it's it will sort of always be there unless i lose it or yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know it's something that people can take away and connect with in you know across a long period of time so that part of it feels good and is quite fulfilling cool i am um, i'm gonna play a track now <laughs> yeah that i anyway. that i released myself this was the first thing i released on my record label first of two things and it, the reason why i'm playing it on this show is that it is dub music 
so it seems to fit very well so this was my misguided effort to go into um to go into running a record label myself before then realizing how much hard work it is and then growing <laughs> back from that and just talking to people who ran record labels instead so this is a, you know one of the things i learned very quickly is that you should probably work with people who you can possibly google uh, so i worked with an artist whose moniker was dead uh, just d-e-a-d which is you know very hot you can't even find this record on spotify even though it is on there but it's just so impossible to search for uh, but this is a track from the record i put out called still dead it's called microwave
So that sounds a dead track called Microwave. So tell us about that, Gareth. <laughs> Turning tell the tables about... on me, that's what yeah. it is. Uh, he's a, a Dutch producer. He has no presence of any sort whatsoever on the internet or anywhere. It doesn't or talk. Or in real life? Uh, well, he is a person. Okay. He's an actual person. Like, yeah, we uh, chatted over Skype. He did... Yeah, I think he had a blog at one point to like where he put out loads of like dub music and that's how I sort of came across it. So then chatted to him through that and then we did this record. It sounds like a lot of my wholesome relationships that the, I have with people. <laughs> but yeah, then essentially like I decided my this was a fair few years ago now and so it was like I'm gonna put this I'm gonna put everything I do out on vinyl and then realised that putting things out on vinyl was ridiculously expensive especially when you're putting out music that is a little bit not to everyone's taste is how I, how I will politely put it the reviews were great but I did hand pick the people who were going to review it nice. right, in terms of like I know this person will probably get what this is about so and they were nice but no uh, something how do you like speaking of formats how do you decide whether something's a vinyl or cassette release because um, you do both you've done both right if I have money. <laughs> if you've got money knocking around. Um, yeah, I think... I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's quite unhealthy with cassette culture, so I feel like... Oh, cassette culture. I can't believe I said that out loud now. I know. Um, I, I, I've got a friend <laughs> in Bristol who was in a band called Cassette Culture. Nice. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like... Um, yeah, if people have released on tape before, often there's this precedent that they're like a tape artist, so you can sort of get away with releasing them on tape sort of thing. And often that's because they don't mind or, you know, they're actually a fan of the format anyway. So there's a lot of that, definitely. And if something, yeah, if it's maybe a smaller artist, then it feels a bit risky. Um, I think it's, a, yeah, I guess a good tactic to release it on tape. So a lot of the time it won't be because this is shit, I don't like it, because otherwise I wouldn't be releasing it. Yeah, It's more like, like that Aquadab thing, like I would love to do that on vinyl. I didn't really feel like we were big enough to do it on vinyl. I certainly didn't have the money. Um, and it was like, yeah, felt pretty risky. Um, and probably now I would have the confidence just to straight up do that on vinyl. But yeah, at the time I definitely didn't. Um, so yeah, it's just yeah a nice way to <laughs> release it very quickly. Also scheduling actually has a big thing about it for me if I've got no releases planned for the first three months of the year um which kind of happened yeah you know if your vinyl releases they always take longer than you think they take yeah. so long this one that's coming out now yeah th they tend to take at least a year from just like first email to whatever and that aquadab probably took about a month yeah most tapes from just chatting to someone to like cool, here's done. the music here's the music and no i mean if they already have the music yeah then yeah I mean, yeah, there's one about to release the seven inch. We've been working on that for so long, like definitely a year. Um, probably a little bit longer when it will come out. So yeah, it's just um, the ability to release something really quickly is very liberating in that way. I yeah. think if I started out doing vinyl only, I would probably be quite jaded by now. So I don't know what that means about me being jaded in the future. Well, in terms of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're definitely, I'm trying to not do any more tapes just because I feel a bit more confident, I guess. Yeah. Well, so I, I guess, you know, you talk about the schedule and sort of the turnaround from mm. conception to putting something out and presumably that keeps you focused on it rather than, and the label sort of, at least to you, sounds current like what you're into now as opposed to what you were into 
a year, six months to a year ago, you know, when you sort of like, oh, th- that record I really loved six months ago, I still like it, but I've listened to it to death now and now it's out on vinyl and now I've got to get excited about it again. Yeah, that definitely happens. Or even just getting cold feet. So, you know, if something takes a year, I think I'm much more likely to, to sort of feel like I want to change my mind about it because yeah. you have that opportunity um, and it's also a bigger investment. So, yeah, I get definitely get cold feet about records and I feel much more nervous releasing them so yeah <laughs> there is that but no is it I mean I don't really buy a huge number of cassettes but it's um it does seem like the economics of it compared to pressing vinyl are ridiculous right yeah I mean that's insane yeah that economically it's crazy but also ultimately I release yeah you know, re- you release this music because you care about it and you want it to be out there. And if it meant me bailing on the record because I didn't have the money or whatever to release it on vinyl, then, you know, I'm not working with like huge artists here. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all super talented. But, you know, something like that, Aquadab's just been sitting on SoundCloud for 10 years. So. Yeah. Um, well, probably not 10 years, but, you know, it's been sitting on there for a very long time. So, you know, it's if it's a choice between the stuff not getting released and because you're having to do it on vinyl or doing it on tape then you should do it on tape yeah it just gives it that extra well something like that aquadab yeah it just gives it an extra lease of life right it gives it i don't know does it this sound too wanky to say that <laughs> you know if it becomes a physical format it exists more than if it was just digital yeah and i think for a lot of people that's you know if for certain people you know having a fit for your first physical release it's it's like a nice thing to give someone mm-hmm. and it doesn't really matter what format it's on and it definitely seems to a lot of people you know having your first vinyl release is a big deal if you've done some tapes so yeah yeah it's you know having something rather than nothing to me it's what i would prefer and yeah a lot of people seem to be the same cool uh what have you what do you fancy playing for us next uh i thought i'd just play some dub to be honest because <laughs> everything's been a bit off kilter yeah. um so this is sort of some 90s kind of stepper style. Um, so you could probably hear a lot of sounds in there that are maybe similar to the dead tune that you just played. Um, so yeah, again, for me, this is sort of, people don't talk about 90s stepper style dub. Um, yeah, stuff that, I mean, most people know Shaka, but you know, a lot of um, kind of smaller acts, you know, most people, not most people, a lot of people may know, you know, Disciples and stuff like that. But um, this is an act, I think they're from Bristol. They're from the West Country, definitely. Um, called Armageddon um, and yeah it's just kind of showcasing like a really dark stepper sound with um, I think a lot of noises you could pick up on and sort of hear where they might, may or may not have infiltrated like other sound system musics as well musics oh, like writing in the wire <laughs> I meant to say musics as well that's terrible <laughs>
say that was from the 90s. Yeah. Doesn't sound like it at all. No, it? it sounds super fresh, that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, so who uh, who was that? What was it called and where can I get it? Armageddon. Uh, Armageddon is a terrible Armageddon. name. It's not amazing. Um, <laughs> it's not the best name ever, but... Um, <laughs> You could probably grab it for about a tenner, as with most of my records. Yeah, <laughs> tenner all in. Um, I like to. I liked what you were saying about what music are you into? Anything that's sort of cheap on discogs at the moment. Yeah, so <laughs> ninety. I listen to a lot of ninety stuff because it is cheap, um, <laughs> and it's great. Uh, so yeah, a lot of trip hop. Buy, I buy a lot of trip hop, shitty trip hop compilations. For you like do live hour. in Bristol, you need. <laughs> oh <laughs> no! Every charity shop must have like that's a million trip hop compilations. I found it by myself. It's not because. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't. They're from the West Country because there's a, a compilation series called Dub Out West that they're on. So that will have like a lot of kind of uh, Rob Smith like early cuts and stuff. So they're definitely from the West Country. I don't, I'm not 100% sure if they're from Bristol, but um, yeah, just like exactly the sort of, to be honest, my favorite kind of dub, like this 90s style, um, which you will get like Shaka and Iration Steppers who are sort of more the tail end of it. Um, so they're still around and like Abishanti. Um, so they're like very much from this scene. And there was, you know, a lot of really dark <laughs> sound system tunes. Yeah. Or they had really dark sounds, so, you know, they're like, kind of cheap synthesized strings probably just because the equipment they're using you know has a lot in common with uh like kind of hardcore and uh jungle and grime and yeah, yeah. so all those other kind of musics that i <laughs> I'm, I'm really into so yeah it's just interesting and no one really writes about i don't know what the influence of this on all that kind of music was but it's definitely underplayed for me so yeah for me that is closer to dubstep than you know kind of garage and that seems to be the touching point for everyone when they talk about you know the history of dubstep as as everyone does now because it's like yeah. the main thing that's happened <laughs> recently but that t- that tune uh, sounds a lot like um gorgon sound yeah. speaking of peng sound and bristol dub and those and contemporary dub you know yeah so, so dub chasm who release a lot on peng sounds you yeah know, they're, they're they're very much of that scene as well and yeah i mean yeah gorgon it's, sound is is kind of their the way of making this music i think it's like their interpretation of this style stepper style yeah and it's essentially that but with a lot heavier bass yeah yeah, yeah it's just modern update of that yeah no it's wicked um i guess um well one of the what's the next thing you want to so i'm gonna play a tune from sister sarah who's from oakland and uh why am i playing it um, not, um, i just really really like it <laughs> and, i mean th- there's probably an underrepresentation of women in Dumb. yeah i wouldn't that's not why i'm playing it but um yeah it's definitely worth knowing she's like i respect her quite a lot um she's just had a kid uh yeah but is that why you really respect like, her no i just she's oh, just yeah, had a kid and, and released like a, right. a new album straight away um and yeah she's just plugging away does all the production and vocals herself so yeah and this is a, a wicked tune that i don't think a lot of people will have heard so i wanted to play that cool what's it called it's called rolling rhythm
totally thought that was going to like come back up and in and drop again it was uh 
would have been it would have been quite nice but i have a huge admiration for people who do um all the production all the vocal work yeah definitely so that that's why i probably why yeah i have a lot of respect for it just because we've been doing a lot of instrumental music i would say and i think a lot if you do experimental and electronic i would say the majority of it is instrumental um or doesn't feature vocalists so yeah I, it's every producer that i talk to especially ones on the label have just been saying how they struggle to find vocalists or mm-hmm. back in the day it was a thing that you as a label would offer you would be like come to my studio and have all my lovely vocalists yeah. and all my <laughs> lovely drummers and you can't do that well you can do that now but you know the the kind of uh the way labels are run have, have changed and it's obviously a lot easier from some point of view but you know we have lost a lot of things like that so there is a shortage of good vocalists so kind of sourcing those is, is really hard so it's definitely something that we i want to do more of next year so as much as possible everyone's getting a vocalist or at least i will be asking everyone yeah. to do vocals and i think people do connect with vocal tracks a lot more because they are that much rarer and a mm-hmm. lot of Club music is not kind of MC-led like it was in 90s and 2000s. I think that probably has, well, not a lot. We've obviously got grime, but, you know, uh, it's probably the the main one I could think of. Obviously, there's still loads of everything, hardcore everything. But, you know, like at least Dubstep had, you know, a lot of MC-led stuff. You know, House or Techno, which seems to be pretty pretty dominant now if you go to Clubland. is Yeah. Do you have you know. your um? Do you have your bank of MCs that you could offer out to? Yeah, so Landau? funny you mentioned that, Gareth. But yeah, um, there is some the next stage of the label as I see it. Um, so yeah, it will be a collection of these vocalists and um, some select producers from uh, my label and, and and a couple of others. So like-minded, what I feel are like-minded people. So there will be hopefully. I'm not going to say the name of it. I've thought of some quite wanky sort of space NASA project names for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully the next stage of label will be able to connect these people via a database that I'm going to say database is a spreadsheet. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll probably have a nice front page to it. Got a repository. Um, of, uh, <laughs> we've got a repository of singers. So yeah, just um, I want to give pe- uh, people on the label and, you know, outside but related to the label the opportunity to work with these vocalists. And again, something that i as a label i'm not able to offer at the moment because i don't have a studio and i don't have <laughs> these things that i probably should have done back in the day yeah um if i was like equivalently sized label but um yeah giving people the opportunity to you know make can be a make uh you know connect with uh, these kind of mcs in jamaica these dancehall mcs so we're doing a release with doppy gun um so it's kind of inspired by that and i have a lot of respect for how they've uh, taken on the project of you know actually going out there and working with kind of dancehall MCs that wouldn't, you know, have potentially have the opportunity to work for people overseas because weirdly there's this problem connecting people, even though we live in the, the most in- connected age ever. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> people may be struggling to make that connections and you know, that's clearly in my remit, so <laughs> I yeah. should be doing it. Well, um, didn't you go out to Jamaica to work? When you went out to Jamaica, didn't you work with like Time Cow and? No, I, um, I didn't actually meet up with him when I was out there. Did you know, I just uh, put two and two together. I saw no. that you went to Jamaica a few yeah. months ago and then I saw a release with Time Cow from, <laughs> from Kingston, right? No, weirdly, he was in New York when I was there, so we didn't meet there either. But no, I, d- I didn't meet him. But yeah, I would like to go out again to the Duppy Gun Studios because. Yeah, there's some bokeh tracks that have got cut there. So, 
it'd be good, nice to go out and see it and kind of help out where I can because I think it's a really good project. I mean, I've it's I've been chatting to you for an hour and a half now, <laughs> and I think I've now only just realised that it's not Boca, it's Boca. Hang on, how did you just? Pronounce uh, it? I think it's. I, I'm very much like pronounce how you feel. Okay, that's it. I think that's why I've not corrected you. Oh, right, I okay. think yours is maybe more the correct japanese pronunciation okay yeah i think that, so, that i think that's why i studied it it's just crazy. not bouquet it's but not bouquet if I you, get that do, you, do you get that a lot yeah it, that's the one thing it's not the okay. other two are fine okay okay how did you pronounce it i can't remember now all oh, right okay bouquet yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. what's the name of your label <laughs> <laughs> but no it's um <laughs> uh, so what other labels do you sort of admire that doing the rounds at the moment um so we actually chatted off mike about discrepant so i've got a lot of time for discrepant um coming coming to my favorite labels february the something february, um, february the something that's how far in advance i book these things now oh we're gonna change we're gonna change what track i was playing next so i've got um a lot of time for hundabis at the moment okay cool so um uh yeah just again similar to discrepant i just see them releasing like a lot of different stuff um and i guess maybe slightly narcissistically you know like i respect that because i don't know it's, it's it's like it's what i try and do <laughs> but you know i i, I like probably because i have a short attention span um so i sort of i guess what i liked in labels was you know keeping me on my toes as a listener yeah so it's the sort of thing that i like about those two labels um so hundabis did a release recently with a guy called kelman Duran from okay. la um who just uh, he does kind of reggaeton edits, um, which, yeah, so he's got a couple of edits. He's got one with like Rihanna and William Bazinski. So just Rihanna at like double speed with William Bazinski. Um, and just, yeah, really amazing kind of uh, kind of mutated like reggaeton beats. So I guess it's, I don't know, it's kind of chop and screw. So weirdly, it's, it's similar to like uh, Ilby and stuff in a way. So it kind of weirdly reminds me of that. So nice little link to what we've been talking about cool so this is a track called saint by kelman duran this is off uh i guess this is new record which might be soundcloud only um so yeah most of his stuff's free download as well so people should really go check it out Independence du Congo. Oye, oye, para Dominicana. 
Not, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. Simple as that. It ain't about that. It's, it's not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's, 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 it's easy to, to, to talk about. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here. I mean, it, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Not, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. Go out there and, and die for. isn't it and yeah it does stop very suddenly you're right <laughs> so it cuts straight I off i did warn you i thought we'll make this one slick this transition but yeah that's right that's <laughs> all it's the uh the beauty of uh, recording it before it goes out right yeah definitely but no so uh, but when i um when i booked this show with you i didn't expect it to be sort of like listening to music that sounds like it's on a la beach somewhere <laughs> Uh, or, it's very you know, dingy in here, isn't it? it, it yeah, it's a, a proper transport uh, transporting us to a <laughs> another world completely. But it's cracking. Um, uh, who was it? That, who was that? So that was Kelman Duran 
um yeah so loads of stuff on the soundcloud free download loads of weird edits of yeah like collie buds and Bazinski and rihanna and yeah just kind of weird pitched samples so it links into what we we're chatting about with ilby and stuff you know and maybe like glacial dancehall as well so. yeah it's um yeah i i get what you mean when you're talking about the sort of Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. the it, it sort of it's all related in a way but you know you put that next to a i don't know a jay glass dubs or a rare petter you just like it doesn't really sound the same but it i think it's related in my head and yeah <laughs> it's more the why of... why i have something to say about it but yeah maybe maybe it doesn't come across i don't know I think i'm not trying for it to i think it's the glacial word like yeah you, you call something glacial it doesn't it sort of means slow and you know wide reaching i think I was having this conversation the other day <laughs> around because you've got Glacial Dancehall too, right? Um, with the return, that, the yeah, the tie, the Time Cow record, and I've forgotten who the other person is. Lojack and Lojack, there you go. And yeah, it was like, well, what actually makes something? Uh, what what's Glacial Dancehall? It's just oh, uh, I mean, it was just meant. It sounded cool with Jay Glass, so <laughs> that's why, and it made sense. Cool, like a glacier, <laughs> right? Yeah. There's actually some like really. I think some original cover art I did with Shabba Ranks like cut out really badly and put on a, a glacier. Yeah. So, yeah. There's, there's, there's method. There is method. There is a reason behind <laughs> it. Right. Uh, just, um, yeah, but no, I, I think it's a really apt way of describing the music really. I'm glad that came across. Well, cause you know, <laughs> well that first Jay Glass ones anyway, um, especially was just so slow and so like, you know, stretch. There is an almost slower version by um, <clears throat> a guy I met out in Japan called DJ Seisho. I've actually sent it around to a couple of people. I was going to put it on SoundCloud, but yeah, it's it's like, yeah. So it's some chop and screw edits of Jay Gloss Dub. So it's like really slow. Because oh, um, that, yeah. that, if something needs even slowing slower. down. <laughs> yeah. So we might get that remixed again um, to make it even slower. And then... Um, I don't know. I guess we might speed it back up again. <laughs> Maybe we'll make it slower. So, it's yeah. like that John Baker release, like <laughs> again, you know, it's the woman's hour theme tune all yeah. over, slow it down, speed this it is, up. This is where most of the innovation is coming from in the yeah. label, really, is speeding stuff up or slowing it down. 
It's cool. Um, we are running out of time Ooh. rapidly, as we always do on this show. So what do you want to play? What do you want to squeeze in before we go? So next tune I want to play is, depending when this goes out, uh, off the just released Young Echo record. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't think they'll mind me playing it. But yeah, um, yeah, just touching on like stuff I really respect, labels I really respect. And obviously being in Bristol, the Young Echo kind of collective is like a really special thing to be around and they're linked in very tightly with paying sound and rewind forward so it's yeah really crazy to like join those dots and yeah this is off their new records very like dark and kind of dubby tune so it really made sense to have on here cool what's it called <laughs> uh, it's called rock steady uh just by young <laughs> Who, who, what? 
Yeah, so Why? that's um, <laughs> coming out on the new Young Echo record. Um, so that would be Chester on vocals, who does some stuff as as the. Um, you'll hear him cropping up on like a lot of Young Young Echo related releases. Mm-hmm. Um, young, e- young Echo Bristol. Yeah, so it's like a big um, collective. Uh, if you see them doing nights, there'll be about twenty MCs, but I think officially it's it's probably less. So. People like Vessel, uh, yeah, Osia, uh, Khan, Anik, um, yeah, like, um, Ryder Shafiq. Yeah, Khan, Anik, uh, especially Khan. Komodo against Khan, that was um, yeah. one of the so that's best. That's a hotline one. Yeah, that was yeah, really, really good stuff. They, they, actually, that's a, see, this is all, chatting to you, this all starts to, Makes the sense. jigsaw starts to fit <laughs> together a bit, yeah, because you see those guys, because they did... They've done stuff on Blackest Ever Black as well, yep. and yeah, labels like that, and Black Acre, another mm, Bristol. Jabu as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it, all, it all fits together. Oh, I knew there was a reason I did it, this This show. is about to blow your mind now. <laughs> okay, go on. <laughs> wow me. <laughs> so I think uh, next time I'm going to play another Seekers tune, um, but this actually came out on No Corner in 2014. So No Corner, again, is like, affiliated with uh, Rewind Forward and Peng Sound. Um, so yeah, this is probably my most listened to ever release ever. And I think this, so Seekers' first album, I first got in touch with him after that, but it was this one where I was like, you know, it was a distinct kind of, uh, evolution from their first record. And I think this made me really want to sort of get behind them. Um, and also, uh, weirdly the record, uh, fair that I used to run a label fair. Mm -hmm. So no corner kind of came to that and you know we first started chatting about seekers um and they were you know one of the first people to sort of support um the label really to like properly get behind it since you know day zero probably because of this seekers connection so the seekers connection is really important to me um yeah and that's kind of uh so this came out on no corner and this is probably the song that you know really really stuck with me a lot and made me want to get behind them cool what's it called uh so this is called they sing they know
Seekers track of the day. Yeah. In fact, good, so good we play them twice. Yeah. Well, I, I listened to it a lot, so it was bound to crop up twice. Yeah. They <laughs> sing, they know. Um, was the album Root Principle? Yeah. So that was uh, from 2014 on No Corner. Um, and yeah, weirdly, the next Seekers record's actually from this this era. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, again, really different to the jungle stuff that, uh, um, I don't know. I would say most people probably know them for that record. Or certainly like got them to a new audience. So yeah. It'd be nice to do something from this era, I guess, where it was yeah, kind of a bit more dubby. Okay, cool. Um we have enough time to squeeze one more track in. Cool. Um so yeah, next one I wanna play is by Kobe Say, so as uh, off his Whitey's release. Um and yeah, we had him down to play in Bristol recently on the Mars eighty nine world tour. Um I mean I think he was on holiday, so we booked him <laughs> a gig, but that's what I call my world tours, so it's yeah. fine. Um, yeah, and I just, this is probably my favorite record of the year. Uh, so that's why I had him down. And I just, yeah, some very fresh sounds. I don't know what to call it. What do you think? Shall of this? We well, oh. we'll, we'll see at the end. Maybe you're fair. Okay. What do you think? <laughs> so this is Vestry by Kobe Say off his YU's release. So. Working down, 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 working down,
amazing selection of tunes thank you for having me gareth yeah no, thanks so <laughs> much for, I, I was gonna say thanks so much for coming down because that's what i usually I've, say i've but not I've, left my place of work I know, it's, it's, <laughs> so um you're welcome for me to come over coming over thank to you. bristol to do um, it but no thanks you're so very much. welcome for having me yeah yeah thank you for inviting me and for chatting about what whatever we've been talking about for two hours and playing amazing i tunes. don't know i'll never talk about the label really so yeah, yeah it was all right yeah yeah i think i said some good stuff i'm not sure i think well we'll find out people could get in touch with us um if you want to buy when mm. you want to buy all the bocker music what's the best place uh i would say Bandcamp because you often get a free gift depending how i'm feeling okay so I, that I, is i think the only time i bought something from Bandcamp, uh, physical from you from Bandcamp, was the uh, the Captain Gander and the Space Patrol. Mm, and yeah. I suspect you were so frantic. I was very stressed, so no one got presents. Yeah, I, I um, tell you, I got a sticker which now lives okay. on one of my turntables. Yeah, back in the day, people used to get... Uh, a lot of people got Carl Sagan quotes on a post-it note. I say presents, a lot of them were post-it notes. Yeah. I used to write people weird little messages. That's nice, though. That's personal. It's nice. It depends but, how uh, weird they were. That's when we were like not selling any records at all. <laughs> <laughs> I still try and do nice things. Some people have got free dub plates. Some people have got t-shirts. No, I've never done that. So bockerversions.bandcamp.com. Yeah. 
for free stuff. For free heard stuff. Often trip hop compilations. <laughs> so the ones Other you things the I'm trying bins. to get rid of. <laughs> um, anyone who buys stuff from me off Discogs usually <laughs> gets a copy of that dead record. <laughs> on it's like my girlfriend nice. desperately tried to clear. You some should space. have brought some. We uh, would have chopped I, it I would have, but it would have fit in the bag. <laughs> was, uh, but I'll, I'll post them over to you because then they're not in my house. Nice. Um, but no, thank you so much for being on. And if you are, if you want to see who's next on the show, myfavoritelabels.com has all the information. If you want to listen again, you can find us on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts from. You can download all the shows that we've had. Also SoundCloud, MixCloud, all the usual places. Does this is the last interview of the year. Um, I'm going to end with a book, a release that we haven't played so far yet. Um, we are actually, I am back on Boxing Day, going to have some sort of review of the year for you then, which should be, so tune in after with your turkey leftovers i guess uh this is like i say the brilliant brilliant reissue that booker did uh, by tradition for the album called captain gander and the space patrol and this track's called sabbatic swerves thanks for listening <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.